0: Welcome back, Bucks fans, to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm your host for today's episode, David Harrison, joined as sometimes uh, by the great Mr. Brent Allen from the Pewter cast. So, uh, for those of you who don't know and are joining us for the first time, I am your regular host. Brent is my guest host uh typically once a week as as we can make it work. You can find everything that I'm doing writing wise at bucksnation.com. You can find me on Twitter as well at DH82 underscore Bucks. And you can you find Brent at Brent Allen Live on Twitter. And you can also follow his his podcast, Twitter uh, at it's at
1: the Pewtercast, correct? That is correct. At yes. the Pewtercast.
0: Yep. So definitely follow that if you're if you're not aware of of his podcast, if you're just kind of stumbling into Bucks podcasting, definitely want to go check out that show as well. Uh, some good stuff over there going on from him and Ren. So Brent, we have moved past. I know you and Ren have given your your words uh, on Mike Smith and and on job security and all that. Coach Cutter has come out and said what he's going to say. James and I have said what we're going to say. We had Gene on from Buck. What you heard, and he kind of said his piece as well. I'm sure he said it on his show uh, also. So we're going to move on a little bit. And as the Buccaneers are moving on, they have had some players in uh, to do some workouts during the bye week here, some free agent players. And I got the list off of Twitter from Trevor Sykema via Howard Balzer or Balzer. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, Uh, but that's that's who Trevor apparently got the list from. On the list, okay, we've got a quarterback, two linebackers, two safeties, two wide receivers, an offensive tackle, a defensive tackle, and two running backs. But the feature names, which I, I know you heard of is, quarterback Paxton Lynch, former first round quarterback who was drafted by the Broncos and then released because it just didn't work out. Drawing some interest as, as well was running back Charkendrick West who if I'm accurate in my history last played for the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of folks have made some noise about this and been kind of wondering what's going on here. What are what are what are your initial thoughts when you hear that this team worked out guys like Paxton Paxton Lynch and uh, Charkendrick West?
1: You know, I got to tell you, I've been around long enough and, and studying the Bucks and following them close enough over the last few years that when I hear somebody is in for a workout, I don't think a thing about it. I really don't. Until they have a contract in hand, I don't think a thing about it because there's so many different reasons as to why they bring players in. Um, some of it is just because they're trying to keep tabs on the players, update their records. Sometimes they're bringing in a player for a workout and maybe trying to get some you know secondary or tertiary information out of them or um you know maybe they're actually so let's say they bring in paxton lynch right uh maybe they're actually really interested in a receiver and they just need an actual like nfl experienced quarterback to throw to them so they yep. can get a good feel for them so you know you really don't know why they're doing it or or what's going on um you know and until they uh, you know until they actually offer a contract i just i don't think too much about it you know it kind of makes you raise an eyebrow but you know nothing really beyond that yeah no
0: i i i definitely see where you're going with that and i and i agree and uh i, I like how you brought up the wide receiver thing because like I, when i read off the list the buccaneers did bring two wide receivers in with a group so obviously you need a quarterback to throw to them. so that so that alone could be it also what i was thinking about paxton lynch is i don't think this is and you touched on this I don't think this is a 2018 a sign of anything for 2018 I think this if anything it's a sign for 2019 because I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick you know everybody was talking about how old he is and how experienced he is and how traveled he is this could be his last year with the Bucs it could be his last year in the NFL period and next year are the Buccaneers going to want to go in with two quarterbacks Jameis Winston and Ryan Griffin I don't think so they they might draft somebody or get an undrafted free agent or they might go ahead and send out, you know, an off-season contract or an offer for to for Paxton Lynch to come in during training camp and see if he can't reignite his own NFL career and perhaps come in and battle uh Ryan Griffin for that second position or at least give Ryan Griffin some extra motivation to to continue his his upward uh mobility, his his development. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not reading a whole lot into it. There were some people speculating, and I don't. I don't think a whole lot of it was really all that serious. Like, oh man, maybe the Bucks are going to trade Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, like the 49ers or something, and 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 all this other craziness. Um, I don't, I don't put too much stock into it. Uh, however,
1: there was, um, well, hold on, Jim. Huh? Uh, let me. I, there, there is a thing. If the Buccaneers were to trade Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point, mm-hmm. I think, and I could be wrong, but it, you know, just as I kind of read into it, I think the Buccaneers are ready to hand over the the backup quarterback duties full-time to Ryan Griffin. In fact, if the, um, if the, the looming suspension for Jameis Winston wasn't happening this year, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I feel like they may have just let Ryan Fitzpatrick go last year. The only reason they really brought him back is because they kind of knew we were going to be in the spot with, you know, with the suspension. Uh, so, you know, I feel like they're, they're ready to just move into Ryan Griffin actually being the backup around here. Uh, however, You know his contract. He he's just here. This is the last year of his contract. I don't know if this was just a one year extension for him or not, or how. I forget. I think he was a restricted free agent this year. But I mean, he's making one point three seven five million dollars this year, which you know Paxton Lynch probably would be more than that to bring him in as a as a backup quarterback. So still, Ryan Griffin is the cheaper option, and he's been around for a bunch of years. You know, I I'm not ready to move away from Ryan Griffin yet as our backup.
0: No, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. I, I like Ryan Griffin a lot. And and I I mean I agree with your sentiment. I don't think the team is going to pay him that much money unless they see some sort of future uh out of him with this team, whether it be as a as a backup. And and yeah, like you said, I mean, if if Jameis Winston's suspension wasn't, you know, hanging over the team heading into the offseason, perhaps they don't bring Ryan Fitzpatrick back. I think the team would have been a lot more comfortable in your scenario coming into the season with Jameis Winston active and Ryan Griffin has a backup versus coming into the season with Ryan Griffin as your starter for three games sure. uh, and, you know, whoever else has your backup.
1: And, and uh, what was his name? Josh Allen. Yeah,
0: Who, you know, Josh Allen is the backup. That's, yeah.
1: Uh, with having him as your backup. Like, that's that's, you know, if you can see something coming down the line, then you do something to fix it. But, you know, if you're just getting an insurance policy, which is really what your backup is, they're just the insurance policy, you know, Ryan Griffin's great for it.
0: Yep. No, definitely. I I definitely agree with you. So one question that struck me, and this wasn't like a, there wasn't a whole lot of chatter about this on, on the internet this week, but I saw one and it kind of struck me and and kind of a topic I wanted to bring up is there were some people who were a little concerned or confused or wondering why the team didn't bring in cornerbacks. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts, if any, because I have one thought, but I don't know if you have any thoughts uh, really about the team, not bringing in cornerbacks, given how, Ah, uh, the has performed so far.
1: Well, I—I I, I mean, the first question that I would ask is—is is who's available out there to come in, right? Yeah,
0: because I mean, Bashar Breland has been signed, and he was pretty much the—the the best one out there, and right. really the only one everybody was talking about. So.
1: Right. So, I mean, that's—that's that's the first question, and then you know, the second question I have is who—who who are you looking to replace them with? Are you going to replace Brent Grimes? Uh, you know, I—that's I, a worthy conversation. I think it might be a little premature. We've only seen Brent Grimes in two games so far. He hasn't looked amazing. You know, it's possible father time's caught up with him. We don't really know exactly what's going on with Brent Grimes, but I need a little more of a sample size this year before I'm ready to throw in the towel on him just yet. Uh, but then you look at, you know, maybe the other side with Carlton Davis. Well, you know, the kid's a rookie. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and he's doing okay. He's not doing horrible. Uh, as a unit, the you know, it's not just the secondary. It's the whole defense has been horrible. But, I mean... He seems to be doing okay. MJ Stewart has been has been okay. You know, uh, it, they're not setting any any world on blaze, but they're rookies. You know, like so. I don't know. You you want to bring somebody in for this year? That's fine, but I just don't know that there's anybody available who is going to give you something more than what you have right now. Right. That makes sense. Um,
0: no, it, it definitely does, and and my thought process is kind of in the same vein as, as what you're talking about. And the the two questions that really popped up to me, uh, for one, most people are blaming uh, Mike Smith's scheme versus the players, right? They're not blaming the players; they're they're blaming the scheme. Sure. Well, if if the scheme is the problem, I don't know of a free agent out there like you're like you're saying. There's no free agent cornerback out there that's just going to come in and magically wave a wand and say okay now the scheme is fine right so so that's problem number one and and the other problem too is again if the scheme is the problem we've already got a lot of young guys who are not very experienced in the nfl or with this team as of right now like in the grand scheme of things four games is not a whole lot of experience right anybody you bring off the streets is going to have even less experience in this system in the scheme with this defense So are you really going to make your unit stronger and better? So I think we're on the same page there. So uh, moving on from from the visits, you know, like I said, nothing has come out of it yet. Maybe one or two guys from there, you know, their names will pop up later on in the season uh, or maybe next season even. Who knows? Moving on. So we got a voicemail from a listener that we wanted to address that I wanted to bring up. Hey, this is Powell Robinson over in East Seminole Heights and uh, general observation. As long as they're going to keep calling roughing the passer this way, I think we should trot back and throw on every play. And uh, Ohio State's band sucks. I'll take FAMU any day. Go Bucks and go Rattlers. All right, so James will enjoy that when he hears it. But that's Kyle talking about these roughing the passer penalties. And Brent, I've written about it a few times on the website. So before I get into my spiel, i want to I want to hear your take on what's been going on this season with the quarterbacks.
1: You know this is one of those rules. I understand why they made it. you know, it seems like a lot of these kind of competition rules are really designed to cheat towards the offense to help games become more high scoring games. Uh, which doesn't bode well for guys like Mike Smith, who's under fire for how many points his teams are allowing. But um, it, it does seem like a lot of these rules, and and the big impetus behind this rule is is protect your quarterback, protect your investment. They're the most important player on the team. They're the highest paid player on the team, right? So, mm-hmm. I, so I get why the competition committee would want to look at a rule like this. But I mean, you know, his point is, as long as they're going to keep calling it like this, then go ahead and just drop back and pass and collect you know let the penalties stack right like just keep Mm -hmm. collecting penalties and go that's a bit while i i i chuckle at it because i kind of like the the brazenness uh that's a little bit that's like a madden thing right that's like i'm playing the football game on on you know i'm playing the video game i'm just gonna do this every time and see what happens yeah you know what i mean like it's not it's not real life it's not really what you do but Unfortunately his premises a little bit are already shaken. He said as long as they're going to keep calling it the way that they're that they have been and the league has kind of already changed the way that they're calling this roughing the passer penalty, right? right. Um, I mean they've at least put out a clarifying video. They haven't changed the rule, but they've said, "Hey, this is actually what we mean and this is not what we actually mean." Uh, you know, really what they want the guys to do is just to tackle the guy but shift your weight like mid-air, you know, which I, I suppose you can do, uh, divers do it. I guess when they're diving off the board, you know, move their body in midair. So
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't really know the physics behind that, but you know, whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a cute idea. Um, probably best to say for the video game though.
0: Yeah. And, and to be fair to Kyle, he, he did send in that voicemail prior to the, to the clarification, if I remember correctly, uh, with everything going on, we just haven't gone to it yet, but, you know, the the, the biggest thing, I, I understand where he's coming from, right? And, and I know where a lot of people came from. And, and honestly, I actually kind of saw this coming. So uh, at BucksNation.com, I write a weekly column uh, that I've titled uh, Hard Count, which basically gives me my opportunity. Uh, Gil was was gracious enough to give me the, the outlet to be able to talk about more than just the Buccaneers. I love the Buccaneers, but I also love football. So it gives me an opportunity to write about pretty much anything I feel like writing about the going on around the league. And in the preseason, the big penalty controversy right, was the leading with the head and the potential to be ejected and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And as I was watching the preseason uh, NFL games, I actually saw this penalty, the roughing the passer by landing on the quarterback with the majority or all of your body weight as the bigger problem. And I I wrote as much during uh, right after week three of the preseason that you know everybody's worried about the wrong penalty change or rule change as far as penalties, and this is the one they needed to be worried about. And of course, here we go. And believe me, I wish I wasn't correct in that prediction, but here we are. However, like you said, the league put out those videos, and then we saw a drastic drop. So in, in the first 48 games through three weeks of, of NFL play, we saw 34 penalties uh, called. In, in those 48 games, uh, just an outrageous amount of penalties. I want to say it was it was more than double of uh, the the rate of penalty, roughing the passer penalties than were called in 2017. Well, in last week's games before heading into Monday night, there were only five. So in 15 games of week four action, there were only five. So a serious drop off. Still not an average of one per game. Right. So uh, as far as as far as the strategy of just keep dropping back and passing and wait to get the 15 yarder. You're still averaging less than one per game, even at the peak of this season's penalty uh, calls. Right. But a drastic drop, and I don't believe that that dra- that much of a drastic uh, dip in those penalties being called comes without some serious conversations about when to and when not to throw the flag. And then talking about tonight, so we're recording on Thursday night. Right, This is our Friday episode. And so right now, currently, the Patriots and the Colts are playing. And Herbie Teopia of NFL.com actually tweeted out that two Patriots defenders – fell right on top of andrew luck no penalty so this isn't just a well the players are adjusting because the two patriots players are falling with their full weight on andrew luck they didn't adjust anything they landed on the quarterback and the flag wasn't thrown i don't think it's a patriots thing i don't think it's an anti-luck thing or anything like that i think what it is is that some people in the nfl office had some conversations with their officiating crew and said hey this is not this is not the way we wanted this to go um i'd also be interested I don't know how to find this information. Uh, Maybe like a Greg Allman or someone could find this information, but I would kind of be interested to know because bye week started last week. I wonder if the crews who called the most roughing the passer penalties in those first 48 games also had the week off last week because if we've got fewer games, we've got fewer officials. So Sorry. some of those officials were also off. So I kind of would I would be kind of interested to see how those numbers correlate if they do at all. But I, I think either way, I'm kind of I'm happy to see that the 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 rate of this penalty being called is dropping back to probably a normal rate. Just because some some of the NFL quarterbacks have been saying it themselves, they're in, they're football players at the end of the day. Um, I know you were talking before we started recording that you think there's certain aspects. Where you think the quarterback should be protected, and I was I was kind of hoping you would elaborate on that a little bit.
1: It's similar in my mind to say a defenseless receiver, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you have somebody who is in the midst of their of their their play. They're you know whether you're up in the air trying to catch the ball or you're not watching for something and and you're really focused on on that. Or even as a quarterback, you've got your arm cocked back ready to throw, and then somebody hits you, lands with your full body weight, and your arm is not. It's not down by your side. You know what I mean? Like, so all of a sudden you land with your arm outstretched in a really awkward position. Well, then that's that That just sets you up for torn rotator cuffs and labrum tears and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's a little bit where, and I want to stress, there's a little bit where I can kind of see, hey, we might want to do something that is the quarterback equivalent of a defenseless uh, defenseless receiver type call. Uh, I do think that they went a bit far with this roughing the passer penalty, uh, at least with what they were trying to call. And I, I'm glad to see them have walked it back a little bit uh, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day to what you had actually said, when we were talking earlier, these are still grown men and they are professional football players taking a hit as part of the job, right? right? Like bring your arm down. And sometimes you can't, sometimes it's, it's in a weird spot. So I get where they're going with it. I, I'm, I'm on board with it to an extent, you know, it's, it's, I mean in theory cuz the idea is is that once you tackle a, a quarterback you want to try to twist a little bit or something so that you don't actually just land on the quarterback that's i mean that's just you know is that just good safe play you know we're we're not trying to get people hurt or if you are you probably shouldn't actually be playing in the NFL right now right. you know um i mean maybe back in the 90s our guys actually were trying to hurt other guys you know so i don't know maybe i've gone soft i don't know but regardless of that uh you know that's that to me is the only way that it really makes sense. Is that it's it's the quarterback equivalent of the of a defenseless receiver call. Yeah, no,
0: and and that makes a lot of sense. That that uh, comparison does. And what I'm kind of hoping maybe is what we see for the rest of the season is a little bit of intent should be kind of taken into consideration here. If, if a if a defensive player, and that's what killed me over that video that they put out because uh, the two legal hits, or at least one or two, two of the legal hits that I saw were from defenders who were coming at an angle to the quarterback where their natural momentum took them off of the quarterback or the quarterback's body. Right. 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 And then the illegal hits they showed were defenders coming straight up on the quarterback. And, and the, the narrator on the video literally said, as you see here, the defensive player wraps up the quarterback, taking him to the ground and then lands on him. So basically what I hear is the defensive player tackles the way you're taught to tackle. And that's illegal. Now, now don't get me wrong. Like, If the defensive player picks the quarterback up and throws him to the ground, roughing the passer. Like you said, the quarterback in the pocket is a player who is in a compromised position because he's not running. He's not making a move. He's not looking to juke some of these players a little bit more. Got it. Like you got guys who, who who are just a little bit more athletic than your average quarterback. understand, but you don't make rules for the exceptions. You make rules for the, for the average and your average quarterback is not going to be juking and jiving inside the pocket. Dodging Ray Lewis, dodging you know, Gerald McCoy and, and guys like that. He's just not. So if you, if you have that situation and you're hitting a court, so that's where they they come into compromise position, right? They're literally a tackling dummy in there. So if you're picking up that guy and you're throwing him to the ground, got it. That's a penalty. If you're hitting him and then driving your shoulder through his chest cavity penalty, but if you hit him and you both fall to the ground as grown men paid national football league players, and your body happens to land on his body because of physics mm-hmm. i don't see how that's a penalty that can't be yeah, a penalty
1: and the only thing that i would say with that is if it's more of a hey guys we know that this is how we've been teaching you to tackle is to wrap them up and just kind of fall on them but you know really in the while you're doing that you should be able to you know you tackle you bring them to the ground and you kind of roll off of them or it's you know you can sort of roll to the side and it just makes the tackle more safe yeah. Um, you know, not just to protect the quarterback, but just to protect people. Right. right. I can, I can kind of see where you're going with that. Like if you're going to have the same effect, if it's going to give you the same result, but there's a way to do it that's safer, then let's do it that way. Uh, like, I, like I say, I, I think that's where the intent of the whole thing was. Um, but I am also glad to see the NFL look at it and go, yeah, this is sort of ruining the game. You know, let, let's, let's not do that one anymore. Like, yeah. let's, it was a good idea. Uh, let's figure out how exactly we're going to, we're going to do this. Cause it's getting, it's getting out of hand. It's ruining the game yeah. to, to I mean, make that, that hardcore. Oh yeah.
0: I think, like you said, I think the intent, you know, by the league was good. Uh, keep your favorite players on the field. Keep your, your Aaron Rodgers, your Tom Brady's, your James Winston's of the world standing on their feet a little bit more and, and able, able to throw the ball versus, you know, leaving, leaving the, the field on a cart. And fans will stick around longer, and I think that we can all agree that we want to see uh, our favorite guys on the field more often than not. So I think the intention was was good. Execution sucked. Uh, good news is they seem to have uh, adjusted that. So we'll see if they overcorrected on, on the opposite end and and how this develops throughout the year. Uh, Brent, that's going to do it for us tonight. So uh, great bye week conversation. The Bucks are fully into their bye week, so I'm glad that we uh, we had some things to talk about that you know uh, honestly don't just kind of feel like we're just reaching for. For anything we can find out of the clouds. Um, I appreciate your, your appearance again on here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, once again, you are locked on Bucks podcast. You've been listening to us. My name is David Harrison. You can find me on Twitter at DH82Bucks underscore or over at BucksNation.com where I do all of my football related writing. And uh, my, my faithful partner for this evening, Brent Allen, you can find him on Twitter at Brent Allen Live or at his podcast, The Pewter Cast. So until next time, enjoy the bye week. Enjoy some really good football with a guarantee that the Buccaneers will not lose. And we will see you next week.